This episode is an excerpt from the full episode that you can find at summit.runwayseries.co summit.runwayseries.co Enjoy the show! Before we move into the show today, ActionDesk is the easiest way for startup teams to make better decisions with their data. With most uh, business intelligence tools on the markets, you have to write SQL or learn a clunky interface. Tableau, Metabase and the likes are powerful but complex to use. Exploring data and building new reports require a level of expertise beyond most business users and it's not worth the time of engineering and data teams. ActionDesk makes exploring your database or data warehouse's data easy. If you know how to use Google Sheets or Excel, you'll know how to use ActionDesk. Instead of uh, writing SQL, you can just use spreadsheet formulas. That is exactly what I really like about ActionDesk. You can access your data in a spreadsheet and give autonomous access to the company data to any business user in a no-code tool. If you're in operations, marketing, sales, or customer support and have a question about your business, instead of asking your engineering or data team, just answer the question yourself with ActionDesk and a few spreadsheet formula. With ActionDesk, you can answer in a few minutes questions like how much revenue did we have yesterday? What's our sales breakdown by region or supplier? How many deals entered a specific deal stage last week? How many customer requests take more than 58 hours to respond to? You will definitely love ActionDesk for its spreadsheets feel. You can try and test different things run small-scale analysis and access all of your database and data warehouse data live. Most of all, you will love the feeling of flexibility and power it gives you. So if you want to save time to analyze your data and make better decisions for your business, head to actiondesk.io to enjoy two months free and tell that you're coming from upcoming VC. Thank you, Raphael. So today we're going to talk about uh, DNA for success and we're going to ask ourselves the question if uh, DNA for success is set from day one. That's uh, uh, that's not an easy question, by the way. So, but let's talk about success. You know, so my name is Carlos Diaz. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm running a new startup named Uncut on the podcasting space. I'm a podcaster also myself. I love podcasting. And uh, I'm also an investor with uh, Diaspora Venture. Uh, we focus on uh, investing in French funders entering the U.S. market. I'm based in San Francisco. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Carlos Diaz. So as an entrepreneur myself, uh, I know about failure. I've made mistakes, pretty stupid ones. At the same time, I've been also fortunate enough to succeed a few times, uh, too. And if you're a startup, and if your startup lasts, you're lucky because you've been able to do something that basically 90% of the people cannot do. Uh, so there is a lot of luck involved in the success stories uh, like uh, Google and Facebook. But there are also more humble reasons why other startups succeed. And we are going to try to understand those reasons with, uh, with our panel. So uh, as Raphael said, and I'm going to let you know, them introduce themselves. I am here, you know, with uh, Gabrielle, Evgenia, Sia, and soon Jean. But I would let you know Evgenia introduce herself and uh, tell a little bit more about uh, your company and yourself. Absolutely, Evgenia. thank you, Carlos. Um, sorry, there's a little bit of a lag on my end. No problem. Evgenia Plotnikova. I am a partner at Don Capital. Don Capital's specificity is that we focus exclusively on B two B software. Um, and have been doing that for the, you know, for the past 15 years, before everyone saw, thought that software was cool. Um, we invest from Series A onwards. So we start at the point where people have achieved product market fit. I probably invest a little bit later than some of my wonderful colleagues here in the talk today, uh, but we can go as, as far as pre-APO because we're in addition to our collection fund, 
we're on a series of opportunities fund so we can uh, double down on some of the breakout successes within Don Portfolio for longer. Um, we've had some wonderful APOs like Mimecast, uh, big exits like iZettle to, uh, to PayPal, and then there's a number of companies that um, I think are on the verge of, of great success in Don Portfolio like Dataiku uh, in Paris or Calibra. Uh, or yet think. Um, so I, I tend to focus on enterprise software and I skew on all things data and analytics as well as infrastructure. Uh, and so excited to be here today. Thank you so much, Evgenia, to, for, to, for being with us you know, today. And uh, my uh, second guest is uh, Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel from First. You want to introduce Hi. yourself? Yeah, of course. So I work uh, at First. We are a seed fund uh, investing in global companies started in Paris. Uh, we write checks between 500k up to 2 million and when we invest in a company we want to um, increase the odds that the founders will find their product market fits and then raise a series A with, a, with a international VCs. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been investing in the French ecosystem since 2015, uh, currently working with um, a bit more than 30 startups um, and yeah, uh, pretty happy to be, to be here today. Oh, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, my third guest is um, uh, Sia. Uh, Sia, uh, can you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, sure, Carlos. Thanks for having me. So I'm Sia from SeedCamp. SeedCamp is uh, very much uh, focused on being the first institutional check in uh, European startups that have global ambition. And uh, we are right now investing out of our fifth fund, it's a 78 million pound fund. Over the past 14 years, we've now backed close to 400 companies. Among those, we were first investors in companies like Revolut, TransferWise, or UiPath, Hopin, SoRare, and others. So yeah, looking forward to the chat here. Okay, all right. And uh, last but not least, uh, Jean from Kima Venture, you want to introduce yourself? Sorry, I'm late. Uh, I run the venture capital arm of Xavier Niel, the founder of Free, uh, a major tech operator in Europe. And we do invest in about 100 new deals every year. We never have a portfolio of 900 companies. Uh, we mostly focus on French entrepreneurs in tech. And alongside this, we have uh, another fund called New Wave with Pierre Diribarn, uh, in which we invest between 500k to 2 million in seed rounds, European founders that we believe can build 10 billion dollar companies. All right. Uh, so most of you are VCs. By the way, that's a question I I I was not I wasn't expecting you know to ask you. But how many of you have created a startup before? <laughs> I mean. It no, it, it, yes, it doesn't yeah. count, but yeah, I, I, I gave it a try and it was a miserable failure. So yeah, okay. gave it a try. All right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, give it a try as well and, and failed miserably. Okay. All right. Same thing for me. Same thing for me. <laughs> That's yeah. good. You know what not to do? Uh, I, I, I haven't, Carlos, but um, I, I, I joined on a few years back when we were at a very uh, interesting turning point and so I actually feel in the way I'm, I'm building a venture firm and so I know it's different but I can relate. <laughs> yeah sometimes it's like a startup obviously yes. Uh, right. uh, okay so uh, we're going to try to explore the different criteria for success and uh, we uh, we prepare a little bit you know this uh, this panel before uh, before today and uh, one thing we talk about, you know, when uh, we prepared, you know, this panel was about uh, the first thing that came to your mind when we asked the question, 
the DNA for success was obviously uh, the team and everybody, every time you talk, you know, with a VC, they're always about, you know, the team, the team. But what is a good team? And uh, how do you know that a team has a DNA for success? Do you want to start, Evgenia, on that? Sure, absolutely. Um, look, I, I think there, there are many different different ways that, that we measure that. Obviously, by the time that people uh, typically come to Series A, they would have you know, spoken to to, to Sia, to Gabriel, or to, or to Jean, and so we probably have a slightly different way that would look at the team. Um, I think what's meaningful for us if we look specifically at the role of the CEO is um, it's exciting uh, when, when someone have had experience in building a business before you've asked us if we were startup founders. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's, it's, if it's a failed experience or it's a big success, uh, it's an experience of building. Um, and, you know, obviously success is, is, is something that changes over time. I think success in 2020 is probably different from what it was in the early 2000s. Uh, so that's always helpful. Uh, alternatively, what's um, what's very helpful is is a founder market fit. Um, so we'll look for people that intimately understand the problem. Either it's something that they lived in their day to day, or they spent a very long time uh, li living uh, living in the uh, in, in that specific area, whatever that area might be. Um, but ultimately, um, what we search for, uh, particularly from a CEO, is is uh, is someone who is effectively willing to make themselves quote unquote redundant i.e. Mm. they are willing to hire people who are better than themselves at every function whether it's marketing finance or sales and they're humble enough to recognize uh, talent and surround themselves by talented people but that's probably from series a onwards but that that's kind of how we would define uh, great team building Yes, absolutely. And uh, regarding, you know, pre-series A, see, uh, I was about to ask you uh, this question as well, is uh, sometimes you, you're investing in very uh, early stage startups and sometimes they are primo entrepreneurs, they never created a startup before, so you don't have this uh, framework of uh, um, uh, to, 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 to bet on repeat funders. Uh, so do you have a different perspective on this question yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, concept of uh, founder market fit is also very important for us. So like basically thinking why this team has an edge to go after that specific opportunity. We also look across the team and we've backed uh, in uh, some rare occasions, some solo founders where like that obviously become irrelevant, but usually we, we like to build teams of like to, to back teams of two or two, like four co-founders. And uh, we very much look at the complementary of skill sets uh, also across like those different team members. So if there is like someone who can build, someone who can like set the vision there, uh, someone who has maybe like the product angle, like those are like things that we like to see in those like founding teams. That said, even if we invest very early, like that uh, ability to like demonstrate that you can execute, you know, at a very like you know, high pace is something that we try to identify and even like over a period of like you know two weeks you can sometimes see okay this person since like that initial chat i had with uh, with, with him like last week he had managed to like convince like those like three other people to come on board either as investor either as like early users of his platform etc and you just like see also on the hiring front that the person is really like moving fast and has this ability to connect with others that's where like storytelling can also be a very important skill set and those are things that we really like to see early on Gabriel yeah um, I think our our framework is that we're looking for 
the magic combination of a great team and, uh, and great market opportunities. Of course, uh, this combination is super rare and deals that uh, combine great market and great opportunities are super competitive. And the reality of the of our day to day is like uh, we find about, we find uh, startups that uh, have like a great market uh, and to be determined great team or great team and to be determined great market. Uh, and what separates like uh, a to be determined great team from a great team is their growth, mm -hmm. their learning curve, and it's the same thing for the market. Uh, it's the market growth rates that will uh, separate a great market from a to be determined great market. Uh, and we are like really uh, trying to determine this growth rate for founders and markets. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that this is where the alpha uh, resides. Uh, and this is uh, like uh, our predictor of a success. Uh, and it's really hard to, uh, to determine. Absolutely. Uh, Jean, you used to say that, uh, I don't know if it's public by the way, but we, uh, when we talk together, I know that sometimes you tell me, I know if, you're, if a founder is a great founder, I just need 30 seconds. I just need you know, one minute. The first minute you know, of conversation I have with a founder is, uh, 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 says a lot you know, about the founder. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, maybe you change your mind since we uh, we had this conversation, but uh, I wanted to hear you know that you know from you. No, no, that, that's right with Kima because with Kima, what we tend to do, we tend to feel progress, not success. You know that most of our founders will progress, but only a handful of them will success at the end, will succeed at the end. And so with Kima, we don't try necessarily to assess whether our founder will be something great, but whether they will progress as they, as they develop their company. So just with a simple set of questions on why they are building this company, what they've seen that others haven't, and how they reflect on their failures, and uh, what, they are, what they're gonna build afterwards says a lot in just a couple of minutes. But the one thing that, uh, a couple of things that uh, kind of reassure me when I meet with founders is when they are deeply rooted to the narrative of what they're doing. Um, and when I'm thinking of that, I'm just thinking of these 42 uh, coders uh, called Alexis, who founded this company called Be Real. And um, the reason why he built this product is deeply rooted to something that he, he went through as a professional um, uh, video maker for GoPro, where he saw all those influencers um, on the field and was like, Man, it's, it's awful because it just gives an opportunity for 5% of the people to show themselves and kind of uh, put all the 95 others against the wall. They get too shy to share what they're doing because it's shitty compared to those influencers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. The, the more deeply to the narrative the founders is, the better because it means that they have, will have the necessary obsession to be resilient when the shit is a fan. And we know that when you start to start, when you do a startups, um, you know, you have to always hit the fan. This episode is an excerpt from the full episode that you can find at summit.runwayseries.co. Summit.runwayseries.co.